0: I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, praise God, praise God, welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, Pastor Mike here, why don't we go straight to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we have with you today, Lord God, and we ask that Holy Spirit will be here with us, O Lord God, and I pray that you will speak to the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every single uh, listener here today, O Lord God. Bless them and touch them in your own special way. Lord God, you know what's going on in their lives, O Lord God, so I ask that you minister to them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you to take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Again, praise God. Praise God. Glad you could join us. And out the box, Ron, I just ask you to put this on pause if you don't have your Bible and just uh, run and grab it and then um, come back and join us again. It's always nice to have a Bible so you can take notes and read these words for yourself. So you can see that what we're talking about here is the word of God and just not uh, not the opinion, you know, of uh, Pastor Mike here. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you know, again, uh, kind of out of the box, you know, thank God. This is a day, a day that the Lord has made and we shall always rejoice in it. And I just want to ask you, um, how do you think God sees you? Okay. How do you think God sees you? All right. Think about that just for a moment. How do you think he sees you? All right. God looks at your future. OK, God is the one that looks at your future. But the enemy tries to keep you in your past. OK, God looks at your future, but the enemy, the devil, tries to keep you in your past. God says to us, you can in spite of what has been done. All right? God says you can in spite of what you have, been, have done. But the enemy tells you in your mind, you can't because of what you have done. OK, God says that you can in spite of what you've done. But the devil wants to keep reminding us that you can't because of what you have done. God will never define you by your past issues. All right. He'll never define you by your past issues. But the enemy, the devil, will try to confine you by your past issues and things that have happened in your life. All right. The devil wants to keep you constrained and locked in by things that you've done in the past or where you've been in the past. Whereas God does not define you by your past issues. Okay, Whether it is the good, the bad, or the ugly that dominates your life up until now, okay, it's Satan's goal to keep you chained there. Okay. Whatever the good, the bad, and the ugly was in your past life, that's where the devil would love to keep you chained, Okay, if, it, if at all it's possible. God says to learn from yesterday, but don't live in it. Okay, We all have a yesterday, quote-unquote, but God does not want us to live there. We have to learn from it. Wherever you've been in the past, whatever things that you've tripped and stumbled through, whatever, you know, difficulties you, 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 you've had, God wants you to learn from that, but not to dwell there and to live in it, all right? Your victory comes through learning and then applying what you've learned, all right? And that's the mistake that many of us make sometimes. You know, we don't, we don't learn from, from the mistakes that we've made, okay? You've got to always remember that where I've been, that's where I was. I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to pick up, and I'm going to move on to where God would have me to be. Amen. Amen. But many times we don't wind up doing that. Becoming who God wants you to be starts with your thoughts. That's where it begins. It begins with your thoughts. Always remember that Satan's number one strategy is to plant unhealthy thoughts in your mind okay that's where he wants to dwell he wants to plant unhealthy thoughts there whatever god has told you positive about yourself he wants to turn around and give you something negative about it he wants to keep you dwelling on the past mistakes that you've made he doesn't want you to move on from those times so we need to be able, we need to understand that it all starts with our thoughts the devil repeats them over and over until you start to think that those thoughts are true okay he dwells in it and plants those thoughts over and over until you start thinking that those thoughts are accurate. The description that he has of you is accurate. Okay, that you're a failure, that you won't succeed. You never, because you did something five years ago, two years ago, last week, yesterday, that you're never going to succeed. God does not want you to dwell there, but the devil does. When Satan told Eve in the garden that she would not die, she ate of the fruit. Whose thought was that? Whose thought was that? All right. If you see in Genesis 3, uh, verses 4 and 5, matter of fact, why don't, we, why don't we go there, go there real quickly? Genesis 3. And you you know, you know what was happening there in the in the garden. And verse 4 and 5. Okay. It says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay, what did he say? And the serpent said to the woman, "You shall not surely die." Well, that was a blatant lie. Okay, because Eve knew what God told her to do. So God told uh, Adam and Eve not to eat, eat of that tree. Okay, but what does he say? He turns it around. The serpent said unto the woman, "You shall not surely die." Okay, so that thought came from his mind, and he planted it right. You know, this was how he wanted to guide her, and so he planted the thought there. And of course, we know we know the story from there. She went on, and she took him at his word. Okay, but that word, that thought, that plan came straight from Satan himself. You know, and Satan was was rebellious from the very beginning. Okay, he was rebellious from the very beginning. I mean, it it started there in heaven. You know, and we can see that if we go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah fourteen. Isaiah fourteen, and we'll start with chapter twelve. Isaiah fourteen chapter twelve. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Lucifer, Lucifer of course, was his name before he became Satan. Was cursed and called, was called Satan. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. This is what Satan, what Lucifer said. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God of god i will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north i will ascend above the heights of the clouds i will be like the most high Okay. So he was rebellious from day one. Okay. Well, not from day one, but at some point there in his existence there in heaven, he became rebellious and he wanted to ascend to, to be God. Okay. So he's a, he's, he, he's, he's, a creature of rebellion and deception, you know, going back to the, to the very beginning. And in the garden, it was Satan's thought, but he planted it in Eve's mind. So he, so be mindful of the devil, be mindful and be careful, be aware of what he tries to do in your life. Don't let him have free reign in your mind. That's how he gets over Okay, again, God does not want you dwelling in the past. He wants you to learn from from the past and then to move on. Amen? But Satan does not want you to do that. Okay? And who, so basically, who are you going to listen to? You know, you're going to listen to Satan or God. It's as simple as that. Make up your mind today. Who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to Satan or God. Satan says you're a failure. Satan says you're a failure. But God says that you are special. God says that you are special. All right? Satan says you're a failure. God says you are special. God says you are anointed. God says that you are anointed. God says you are anointed. Many times we have issues or challenges in life and we don't quite know how to deal with them you know that's pretty commonplace for all of us we have issues and challenges and and it never stops i mean you can be born again you can be a believer you know 20 30 40 years and there will be always challenges coming into your life and there will be times that you don't know how to deal with them sometimes these challenges involve other people and we don't quite know how to deal with them okay okay you've got the challenge and then you've got the people that are mixed into the challenge or sometimes the person person him or herself is the challenge okay okay we wind up worrying and become stressed out you've heard me say that so many times we wind up worrying and become stressed out this is because many times we forget that we are what anointed we forget that we are anointed Get this into your heart, into your spirit, into your mind, into your thoughts today. You are anointed. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. Okay? You are anointed. God thinks of you as being a very, very special person. You may not feel like it all the time with the things that are going on in your life, the things that's going on in all of our lives, you know, the challenges that we may have. But remember that Satan wants you to be a failure. Satan wants you to believe you're a failure. But God says that you are anointed. If we realize what this anointing means... Okay, if we really realized and understood what this anointing means, we wouldn't be so timid and worried about accomplishing things or overcoming things that come into our lives. Okay? And if we go to Second Corinthians, we go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians one. Corinthians one and we want to do verse number twenty. For all the promises of God in him are, yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he has established us with you, us with you in Christ, and has anointed us, underline that, and has anointed us, is God, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Okay, so it says in verse 21, now he which establishes us with you in Christ, has anointed us is God. Okay, so God is indeed the one that is has anointed you, and He is saying right there, anointed us. Well, guess what? That us is extending to you. You are also anointed. Okay, now what does it mean to be anointed? Like, what does it actually mean? Well, some of the common uses of the word is anointing was a common ancient uh, cultural practice. You know, shepherds uh, in the field. Often poured oil on the heads of their sheep in order to protect them from the insects and the flies and things that were so so prevalent out there in, in the fields, in the desert, and so forth like that. Because those uh, flies and other insects would burrow into their ears and so forth. So many times they poured oil over the animals. Okay, oil was also oil was also used for feet and skin during the excessive heat of the Middle East. There, you know, the travelers, you know, they they didn't have uh, uh, you know nice boots or uh, you know or Nikes sneakers or whatever to be wearing, they had sandals. And so therefore their feet were not covered. And so walking through the heat and all of that sand and, and you know, they didn't have cars to get them around. So they walked for miles. Okay. And even if they had camels on occasion, they still were exposed to the heat and and, and sand of the desert or of the land. And so they used oil for their feet, you know, for protection and to heal the skin. I'm sure their skin Probably dried out and cracked and so forth. So it was anointing oil that they used to uh, for protection and healing of their feet. Okay, and this this use of oil uh, on the feet and on the animals and things like that became a symbol of protection. Okay, oil became a symbol of protection. Now on the religious side, okay, some of the re- religious uses. Well, the Jewish people anointed the altar when making sacrifices Spiritually, anointing was related to the idea of strength or blessing, okay? Anointing from a spiritual perspective was related to the idea of strength and blessing, okay, when you anointed someone. The priests were anointed with oil, and then later on in in, uh, Hebrew history, we see that later on uh, that anointing followed Samuel, anointing both Saul and later on David as kings of Israel, all right? He actually anointed them in anointing them with that oil. This was separating them and setting them apart where they were, were, were to become kings, kings of Israel. Now, this anointing signified a person as a chosen one among other people. All right. So this set them aside from just the other, other everyday people there, this anointing. God selected someone and told him to go and anoint so and so and so and so. And uh, because I want this person to become king. And that's what he did. He anointed David. Right and also Samuel, okay. But what does it mean? What does anointing actually mean spiritually? Okay. What does it mean spiritually? If I'm saying to you that you are anointed because the Word of God says that you are anointed, what does that actually mean spiritually? All right. Well, today some people speak of certain Christians as being anointed. You know. Now you may have heard that spoken. You know you you go to see so and so, you know, in a in, in, in a church service or maybe there's a a special um convention or something that's being held and you go there and you see this person, you listen to this person, and so forth, and, and you say, boy, oh boy, that person is sure anointed. Man, oh man, he is sure, such an anointed individual, she is such an anointed individual, you know, and you view that person as being, as being anointed, you know. And when we do and say those kinds of things, we are generally uh, using the Old Testament understanding of someone being set apart or standing out as a person specially chosen and blessed by God. Okay, now you've seen this person, you've heard this person speaking, and maybe they're having a prayer session, you know, during the service or whatnot, laying on of hands or whatever. Maybe there's a prophecy or so forth, and you say, oh boy, this person is surely anointed. You're recognizing them as being someone special. Okay, special from, set apart from others that were perhaps in the congregation or in the gathering. Okay, now, while God, understand this now, while God does seem to bless some people with ministry gifts in more visible ways than others, The term um, "anointed" does not only apply to them. Okay, just because you see someone that is is, is apparently really overflowing with spiritual gifts and so forth like that, and you refer to them as being anointed, yes, God has anointed them. Them uh, probably, possibly for a a particular gift, you know. uh, But that does not take away from the fact that you are indeed anointed, even if you are not displaying that particular gift. Okay, you follow what I'm saying? The Word of God says that you are anointed. You are anointed. We all, then, God will assign ministry gifts to us as He so deems, as Holy Spirit so deems, according to the Word of God. Okay, but that doesn't take away from the fact that if you are not showing some, you know, wow, wow, wonderful spiritual gifts, it does not mean that you aren't anointed because according to the Word of God, you are anointed. Okay, and and getting into spiritual gifts, that's a whole different sermon, so I won't even get sidetracked by that. I just want to focus on the fact today for you to understand that you are anointed and because of that you hold a very very special place in the heart of god okay because of the fact that you are anointed don't let satan lie to you and say that you are a failure okay look what you did years ago you will never move from that position you are a failure do not fall for that god does not see you like that god sees you as someone that he has chosen and you're set apart you are indeed an anointed individual okay so square your shoulders and stand tall and don't fall for that Claptrap that the devil is trying to sell to you. You are a very special point, a person in God's eyes. Okay, in Luke four eighteen, uh, Luke chapter four verses eighteen and nineteen, we're told that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it says, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor." Okay, that's Luke four eighteen. All right, so we see here that he that he was anointed, and if we go to Acts, go to Acts ten. Go to Acts 10. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 10, and we want to do verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. For God was with him. You know, now now, now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, now you say, Well, Jesus, Jesus was God. At the time that Jesus was on this earth, he was very much a human being. He was very much, much a man. Okay. And therefore he, God demonstrated what he did with Jesus, with what he was going to do with us who, who believed in Jesus. So the same way Jesus was anointed, God also anointed us. Okay. Verse 38 again, how God anointed Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Okay. Now, even though he, like I said, Jesus was God, obviously, but he was manifested here on this earth for the purpose that God, the father sent Jesus. He was manifested on this earth as a physical human being. So therefore God wanted to anoint him, empower him with the Holy ghost and with power so that he could go on and do the ministry that God sent him here to do. Amen. That God sent him here to do. So we see there that God anointed Jesus. If we go to Acts chapter four, Go to Acts chapter four. Chapter four, and we want to do verse number twenty-six. Acts four twenty-six. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together, gathered together against the Lord and against the Christ. For truth, for of truth, against Thy holy Child Jesus, whom Thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Okay. So we see again in verse 27, for of a truth against the holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. Okay. So we see there again, I'm just pointing out to you that the the scripture dwells many times on the fact that Jesus Christ was anointed. Okay. And this same anointing has carried over unto us. Amen. So now also, I want to give you some more scriptures here. If you go to 2 Corinthians 1, to corinthians 1 and we go down to verse number 20 uh we just went there before let's read through it again for all the promises of god in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of god by us now he which stabs us with you in christ and has anointed us is god okay Anointed us is God who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our lives. Okay, So again, we see reference to Jesus being anointed and then also us being anointed. Okay, Where that same anointing extends to us. In addition to the Old Testament leaders and Jesus being anointed, the Apostle Paul, Paul spoke of an anointing of all Christians. It is good, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. We just read, read. At first glance, it may appear that Paul only spoke of himself and those that were with him as anointed, because he says anointed us, has anointed us. So it sounds like Paul is talking about just Paul himself and those that were with him, okay, those that were with him, but it goes further than that, okay? Okay, however, he states that the Holy Spirit within the believer is associated with God's anointing. The Holy Spirit in the believer is associated with God's anointing. Every Christian, every Christian, now that includes you. If you are a child of God, if you, confessed, if you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then that means that you are a Christian. It means that you are a Christian, okay? And as such every Christian has been anointed or chosen by God as his child, set apart for acts of service. All right. So you may not feel like it at the time, especially when you've got issues going on in your life and troubles going on in your life. You may not feel like you are anointed or that you are a special person or that you've been set apart, but in God's mind, in God's heart, you have been set apart. The challenge is for you to believe that. Amen. The challenge is for you to believe that you believe that you are his child. You, you believe that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and that you are indeed anointed, okay? Again, I ask you, how do you think God, God views you? How do you think God sees you? God sees you as a success. God sees you as someone who's going to go forth and proclaim the gospel as Holy Spirit so guides, and then you're going to go forth and you're going to speak wondrous things of God, and you're going to do wondrous things of God. You're going to do wondrous things, okay? But you have to believe that God has chosen you. You have to believe that the hand of God is on your life. You have to believe that in God's eyes, he views you as someone very, very special. and He has a plan for you. He has a work for you to do. You may not feel like it right now, but God has a work for you to do. The thing for us, you know, to always remember that we need to constantly ask God, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Not only what would you have me do with this immediate situation, but what would you have me do into the future? Where is it that you want me to go? What is it that you want me to do? How shall I serve you? Okay, not how do you serve me, Lord, but how shall I serve you? What can I do for you? You know, what direction will you take my life? What direction do you want my life to go so that I may just be obedient and follow where you're sending me? You know, you see, you see. But when we're feeling down, and when we're suffering with something, when we're struggling with something, when our emotions are all out of kilter, you know, it doesn't seem that way. But I'm here today to remind you that God loves you, and that God has a plan for you. And according to His Word, God, who has anointed us—all well, that us is you—that us—that us extends to you. You know, you know. Now, sitting here listening to this message, or maybe it's in your car. You're in the car listening to it. You know, maybe you can't. Fathom or grasp, you know, the, the, the depth and the magnitude of of, of what this statement is saying. Yeah, that God has anointed you, you know, and the, how that anointing separates you. Okay, maybe that can't sink in right into this message, but I urge you to to to, to spend some time in prayer. You, you know, dwell on what is this anointing. You, you know, as a child of God, you're also a student of the Word of God. You're a student of the Bible. Do your research. What does it mean to be anointed? How does this anointing work in my life? You know, what is it that God expects of me as someone that is anointed? Just don't hear this message, you know, for the time that it it takes to to hear this message. You know, know, take it after that, okay? Because this, because knowledge, how can I put it, knowledge of this anointing and understanding this anointing and your believing this anointing that you have, okay, is very, very important and critical to your Christian walk, okay? Because this anointing gives you such power, gives you such power. It gives you you power over Satan, okay? It gives you insights, okay? You are someone special in God's eyes. You you know, don't forget that, all right? So you need to understand. You need to get it deep down into your spirit. Just not with head knowledge, but you need to get it deep within your spirit, understanding what this anointing is, you know, and and who you are in him, okay? And who you are in him. So it states there that the Holy Spirit within the believer is associated with God's, with uh, God's anointing. Every Christian is anointed or chosen by God as his child set apart for him for acts of service. Okay, set apart for him acts of service. And if you go to Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, and we want to start with verse number 1. Ephesians 2, verse number 1. We see, And you hath he, you hath he quickened, who were dead in in trespasses and sins. You hath he quickened. Quickened in Scripture scripture means made alive. Okay, made alive. Quickened means made, made alive. And you, who he has made alive or quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, all right? When you were in that old life before you came to the Lord, you were dead in trespasses and sins, okay? Dead meaning separated from God spiritually. That's what what spiritual death is, okay? Death is being separated from God, amen? You who he has quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world that's how we all were before we came to the lord okay where in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air this is referring to satan according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience all right if you're being disobedient, people who are being disobedient and are refusing to acknowledge God, who are refusing to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are walking in that spirit. They are children of the disobedience. of disobedience. Okay? And the spirit that works in them is, is um, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. This is why we see so much turmoil going on today. There's a lot of people out there walking in disobedience, being followed, being guided by that spirit, the power of the air, by Satan himself, by demonic activity going on in their lives. This is why we have the turmoil turmoil that we have right now. This is why we have decisions that are being made that are so counter to a good, solid life and everything, because these people that are making decisions and setting policies, these are children in disobedience, according to the word of God okay, because they're not followers of Jesus, okay, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, then you're working uh, 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 according to the prince of the power of the air, of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, okay, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and and um, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, okay, so we were in our past lives, we were doing all sorts of things, we lived, all sorts of lives and everything that were contrary to what God would be having us to do. But at that time you didn't know, you know, you, you didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know the Lord. Okay. So we were all involved with trespasses and sins because we didn't know the Lord. You know, you know, thank God all of us that are listening to this message and who are born again, are believers, you know, have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank God you came around to to divorce yourself, to to extract yourself from that lifestyle and follow the Lord. Okay, okay. Okay, but there are many people out there that are still, quote unquote, children of disobedience because they're being guided by that spirit. Okay, they're by those spirits of darkness. Okay, all right. So so then it says that among uh, three again, among whom also, whom also. We all had our conversation in times past, in times past, in the lusts of our flesh. That's the things that we did back then, lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, the things that we did before we were saved, and the mind, you know, okay, the lusts, desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, thank God for that, for, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Okay? So even though you are you were involved with all sorts of sinful things in the past, God loves you so much. He loves you so much that even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together or made alive. He has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Okay? You've been saved by grace. You didn't deserve it, but by grace, because of the fact that God loved you so much. He just he, because of his grace this overwhelming grace that he has for you okay you, you were saved okay okay grace is something that grace is something that you did not earn you can't earn grace grace is something that you did not deserve because of how we were living okay grace is something that was given to us because god so loved us okay god so loved, you know you, you, you've heard of you've heard of a grace period you know when it comes down to paying your bills okay underpaying your bills, okay? And and, and you have a certain number of days after your due date for that bill, you have a certain number of days, you know, before you're you're, you're negatively charged or a late fee or something is put on. You have a certain number of days before that late fee or whatever is added, okay, after the date that the bill is due. Well, that's called a grace period, a grace period, okay? You didn't earn that. The bank just gives you five days or 10 days, whatever it may be, before they hit you with a penalty. Now, the bank didn't do it because they love us so much, all right? But it's called a grace period, something that you you did not earn, you did not have anything to do with making it happen. The bank says we're going to give you X number of days. Well, with God, this grace that he gave us, we did not deserve it. We did not earn it. This was simply because he loved us so much. Okay, He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us and to die, to die for our sins. So we have this grace. By grace you are saved. Verse 6 goes on to say, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. See, there it is. For by grace, you are saved through faith and not, and that not of yourselves, nothing that we could do. By grace we are saved. There's nothing that we could do for that. It is the gift of God. All right. So get that deep into your spirit. Okay. God has given you this grace, and that is his gift. It's free because he loves you so much. And then on top of that, he, he, he anointed you. He anointed you. You are an anointed person. You have this grace, and God has given you an anointing with Holy Spirit. And then he goes to say, uh, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me read 8 and 9 together so it flows smoothly. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? So, in other words, what this is saying is that the grace that you have, this anointing, and this grace that you have is a gift of God. Okay? Not that any man could do that for you, because if we could do that, we would be boasting about it. We would be boasting about it. Okay, I, I, If the grace that I have were, was something that I did for myself, then I would be out there boasting about it because we as human beings, we get so puffed up and everything. We get so puffed up, okay, thinking that we have done something so mighty for our lives. All right, But this grace that is a gift of God, we did not do that. We could not do that. And God is telling you, right, it is a gift of God, not of works, unless any man should boast. Because otherwise, man, if that was something that man could do, give you this grace give you this grace, okay, and then man would be boasting about it, okay, but there's nothing that we could do, all right? Now, verse number 10 says, for we are his workmanship, you are his workmanship, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, so you are created created for good works. You may not feel like it right now if you've got an issue going on in your life. Okay, but remember that God is greater than any issue that is going on in your life. Anything at all that could be happening, God is greater than that. And God can indeed deliver you from that if you come to him and you start believing what what the word of God is is here telling us. Okay, okay. For we are his workmanship. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You've been created for good works. Unto good works, which God has before ordained. God has before, before you were born, God has ordained this life for you. Okay, okay, it's been ordained for you to do good things. All right. And again, you may not feel like it right now, but this is the time where you need to have some good talks with the Lord in prayer. You need to have 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 ask Holy Spirit to give you a fresh new uh, anointing uh, to open your eyes so that you can see and understand okay, exactly what is going on in your life, what God wants for you in your life, amen, 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 so, so, so again, this is about this anointing that God has given you, you know, and you have to get to the point that you actually believe it, okay, and if we go to 1 John, we go to 1 John, uh, let's see, 1 John chapter 2, And we're going to start with verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last time, as as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Okay, now this is not, there's the Antichrist, okay, which is yet to come, but he's saying right now there are many Antichrists. And what is the Antichrist? And the Antichrist is someone who's against God, against Jesus, against the Christ. Okay, and there are, as you know, there are many people out there that are against Christ okay, against Jesus. There are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been, been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us, okay? This is saying that, that they, they went out from us. So what he's saying is, is that the people that went out who are now against Christ started out being with them, okay, started being with them. And we see that happening in the church. Now, there's a great falling away. There's a great, you may know some. They are are great. There's a great falling away. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been with us, they would, no doubt, have continued with us. In other words, they went out, and what he's saying here is that if they were really, really with us, they wouldn't have left us, okay? If they were really, really with us, they wouldn't have left us. So how much did they really care? How much were they really deeply involved? How much did they really, really believe? Because they went out from us, okay? Now, that's the people where you may question yourself. If you know someone that, that has changed in, in, in their in their worshiping and in their belief and everything, you wonder how much were they really with you in the first place because they, they left you. And if they were really, really with you in the first place, then they wouldn't have left. That's what this is basically saying, okay? They went out from us. They would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made, that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us, okay? So in other words, by by their actions, they're showing that they were not really, really with them in the first place, okay? And that's something we need to ask ourselves. Are we really, really with the Lord? Are we really, really with God? Or are we willing to drift away? Are we letting ourselves be pulled away, okay? And if you are letting yourself be pulled away, then you need to start asking yourself, how much was I really there in the first place, okay? Once you've put your hand to the plow, as the Word of God says, there is no turning back. There's no turning back. you put your hand to the plow, you committed yourself to the Lord, you gave yourself, you asked the Lord Jesus, come into my life, You save me, I have mean, messed it up, I can't do it myself. You asked him into your life, and now here he is in your life, you've put your hand to the plow. So there's no pulling away for you. You shouldn't be thinking about pulling away. You shouldn't be thinking about giving up, regardless of what is going on in your life. You are an anointed person and God has, has plans, he has some service that he wants you to render uh, uh, for him, unto him. Amen, amen, so don't be pulling away. It, they went out, but they might, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, they weren't with us in the beginning. Verse 20, but you, have, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you. Let, let, let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father, and this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, concerning them that try to pull you away. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. The anointing that you have received in him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all same things, and his truth is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Let me read that again. Okay. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you. Okay. All right. So in other words, this is what this is saying is that the Holy Spirit is the one that, that does the teaching. I, I always tell you that the Holy Spirit is the one that does, does all the teaching. I stand before you this for this period of time whatever, whatever how long this message takes you know and I read the word to you and I, I give you what the word is saying but the bottom line the teaching doesn't come from me it comes from the Holy Spirit that's in you okay okay the Holy Spirit is the one that, 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 that uh, um, takes what you receive three ears here and and marries it with your spirit so that there's a deep understanding of what is being said that's where the teaching comes the teaching comes when the Holy Spirit really, really, really gets to your spirit, and your spirit understands, understands without a shadow of a doubt what is being said, okay, what is being meant by the words of God. That's where the teaching comes in. It isn't something that man can do. Man can, can convey and relay certain knowledge to you, certain things to you, but the real teaching, the real understanding, the real understanding. This is why you may hear me pray, often say in, in, in prayer, Lord, open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, but most importantly, open their hearts that they may understand. Okay, In other words, let that understanding come from Holy Spirit. Okay, We see and we hear things, but if we see what we hear, if we don't get it down in here, deep into our cross, to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, then it doesn't benefit, it doesn't profit us. Okay? Okay, okay, so, so I us say that, not, not as any man should, man should teach you, but uh, uh, as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth. That's where, that's where the teaching comes from. That's where the learning comes from, because of that anointing, which is Holy Spirit involved, all right? You are anointed. You are anointed. Make no doubt about it. Verse 27 adds, but that anointing, as I just read, you received from him, abides in you. You have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches us about everything, And it's true, and there's no lie, just as it was taught to you, abide in him, okay? Abide in him. So we have to remember here that this this anointing that you have is so, so powerful. It is so, so, so powerful, all right? And, and, And when you're feeling this down and out, if you're struggling, you're wrestling with something right now, just remember who you are. Go through these scriptures. Read through these scriptures again, okay? Okay, let, let, let Holy Spirit guide you, guide you through some, some other scriptures. You know, you're, you're reading in the Bible there, there'll be some footnotes along the way with, in some of these scriptures. Read those footnotes, you know, let Holy Spirit guide you to other parts of the Bible as an offshoot of what you're reading. Okay? But the main thing for right now, get this in your ears, through your ears, and through your eyes, and into your mind, and then more importantly, get it down into your spirit that you are anointed. You are anointed. God does not view you the way you may be viewing yourself, okay? As I started out saying, God looks at your future while the devil tries to keep you in your past. God says that you can, in spite of what you've done, the enemy, the devil says you can't because of what you have done, all right? God will never define you by your past issues, but the devil will try to contain you, and keep you, and confine you to those past issues. Amen? Amen? Whether, whether it is the good, bad, or ugly that the, uh, uh, dominates your life up until now, it's Satan's goal to keep you there, chained there. God says to learn from yesterday, but don't live in it. Amen? Learn from yesterday, but don't live in it. You, and you are an anointed child of God. Believe it. The Word of God, not I, the Word of God says you are anointed. Believe it. Take it into your life. And just sit back and relax in the Lord, knowing that whatever's going on, he's going to guide you through. That you are an anointed person, which means that he loves you. He has plans for your future. And that's where he wants to take you if you'll just let him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please consider passing on um, the link uh, to these uh, podcasts, to these sermons. We can be found at www.genesis1, one word, www.genesis1.sermon.net. And if you're looking up or right in corner, you'll see a subscribe button. If you click on the subscribe button, you'll be notified um, automatically when these uh, sermons are made available. Amen. And and, and just go forth, uh, knowing that uh, God is a good God. He's an awesome God, and He cares so much for you. You know. You know. Don't struggle. Don't struggle. Give it all to Him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through the balance of the day or a week ahead until we gather together here next time, O oh Lord God, I pray that these words of the anointing will be deeply, deeply rooted and planted within the spirits of every single listener that is here today, O oh Lord God. I pray, O oh Lord God, if there are any, any listeners out there that do not yet know you, I pray that they shall come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to them especially, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, God, we praise you. We magnify in thy most glorious name. And again, we thank you for all things, both great and small, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time. Remember that all the time. God is good. Go forth and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is Lord And I sing praises to Your